Hello, everybody out there in podcast world. I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Tersh Blissett. This podcast is focused on service business owners, managers, and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. My goal with this podcast is to answer the unasked questions, uh, kind of bring to light some of the things that you don't really think about whenever you're considering starting your own business. One of those topics that we don't really think about a whole lot is our health, whether it's physical or mental health. Uh, It's something that's typically we put on the back burner. So this month we have a four-part series where we're going to talk to different physicians and experts in the industry, whether it's physical or mental health, get their opinion on what we can do better. Sometimes it's not the, that's not that hard to fix what we have going on. A lot of times we like to use excuses as to why we don't do certain things the way we know we should. And we talk about that a little bit today on this episode. I'm excited to introduce to you Erin Wathen. She's a holistic coach, food abuse counselor, and the inspiring author of Why Can't I Stick to My Diet? How to End the Food Drama. Her philosophy, simply put, is health isn't a number on a scale or how often we exercise, but our lives as a whole. Several years ago, Erin was not at peace with her body. Despite her wealth of knowledge, on diet and exercise. She was always on a diet and yet never reached her goal weight. As a graduate from the Institute, Erin was well versed in the science behind health. As a certified spinning instructor, a yoga instructor, and classical Pilates instructor, Erin understood the mechanics of health and fitness as well. Through a lot of trials and error, Erin found true nutrition being the missing piece of the puzzle. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the three ways to implement a better work-life balance. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Erin is full of knowledge And I challenge you to take what Aaron has to say with this episode and implement it into your life. Don't let being busy, whether you're a business owner or you're a technician who's running 10 calls a day or a manager who's managing that technician who's running 10 calls a day. Don't let that be an excuse as to the reason why you're not maintaining your your health and you're not maintaining that work-life balance. With that being said, I'd like to introduce to you Aaron Wathen. All right, Aaron, welcome to the show. I thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your time and and effort with our audience. And I'm super excited for what they're going to get out of this episode and and this entire month of of health and wellness. Thanks for having me. It's definitely something that a lot, oftentimes many of us don't really realize it's all around us, health and wellness, not just at the gym the health food store. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about the three ways to implement a better work-life balance. And that's, sometimes it's a cliche word and, you know, the work-life balance. There's been some, like, arguments back and forth, like, you you shouldn't have a work-life balance, they should be one and together, or you you shouldn't use that terminology because that means that you're not uh, integrating your life into your work. And then, so you're trying to balance the, the good and the bad, uh, like a yin and yang type thing. But in today's episode, we're going to take, uh, all that cliche terminology out of it. And we're going to truly dive down into what it means to be a successful entrepreneur and manager of your time and effort, um, while still being able to live a long and happy life. And if you can't, balance the stress and all of that that that's involved with that 
then you're going to have a short lifespan. I mean, that's all there is to it. Or you're going to have a very unhappy and, and for lack of better words, stressful life. And uh, so I'm, I'm super excited. And I guess let's go ahead and, and dive into this. But before we do that, can you give the audience a little bit of a background about yourself and how you got into the health and wellness uh, lifestyle coaching type stuff? Sure, no problem. I went to college and grad school with a professional sort of career afterwards, but my specialty was human resource management. And I worked in corporate in Manhattan, so definitely traditional workplaces. And a lot of it was the people, how to get people, you know, first of all, to work together, (laughs) but also things, you know, the flu shot program and insurance and definitely the the human aspect of corporations. And, you know, also, you know, insurance card isn't working, make it work kind of problem solving. (laughs) So when my daughter was born, I was a little bit bored. And I always loved working out. So I started teaching group exercise. I started teaching spinning and then eventually it became Pilates and I kept adding things, yoga. Um, And you were still, you were still full-time with uh, your HR roles too? I I actually stayed home with my daughter and then I was very part-time. But about four or five years ago, I was really frustrated with how I was exercising all the time, but I still was a little heavier than I wanted to be. And I kept asking my husband, you know, why don't, why am I overweight? What's going on? And poor guy, I didn't really know what to say. So (laughs) that's not a very fair question. So I really got into the nutrition side of things and realized I was eating a ton of sugar. I've been about Diet Coke since I was about 12 and I was in this emotional eating pattern of I had a feeling I didn't like, I would eat sugar or I would see sugar and get very happy about it. (laughs) I had a way my emotions and food were connected in a very dysfunctional way. So that led me down the path of becoming a health coach, becoming a food addiction counselor, sort of understanding the science behind why people are so addicted to sugar, not because we're bad people, because the food is so manipulated to be as addictive as possible. Like what exactly does high fructose corn syrup really mean? And why are so many eight-year-olds addicted to soda? Like that sort of a science. Yeah. And I became a certified weight loss specialist. I eventually wrote a book called Why Can't I Stick to My Diet, which came out in December. And I see, I have clients I work one-on-one with, and I have seen a lot of things in the past four or five years as far as entrepreneurship, which is kind of cool in that because I had this strong corporate background of working for corporations. Mm -hmm. And when I became an entrepreneur, I thought it was just going to be a matter of like, you know, Hey guys, I'm here. Come on, show up. (laughs) I didn't realize I was working for myself and I would need to get an LLC. And what does that mean exactly? And what do you mean quarterly taxes? I just make all this money. It's going to be fabulous. So my husband's got a pretty strong business side and he had to break it to me that there are these things called quarterly taxes mm-hmm. and a bunch of other things that I wasn't really prepared for as far as how I keep the work-life balance going because I have two kids now. And the irony is, is I'm a wellness expert. So I wasn't always 
<laughs> the best at keeping that balance while I was writing about how you should. Right. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. I mean, you know, my husband's <laughs> like, I wrote what you read today. You might want to do it. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> because I do think often we think, well, I'm the one that can live off of, live off of three hours of sleep for two weeks. No, mm-hmm. I really can't. There's a lot of reasons why we tell that to ourselves, but we'll get to how you can get out of it in a second. But I do think it's very, very common, especially when we're starting our entrepreneur journey to work ourselves into the ground. Oh yeah. To get sick see it all the time. To get unhealthy, to grumpy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And it's, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword too, because you're working yourself to where you're getting sick, but because you're a, a solopreneur of some sort, you can't get sick because the business still relies on you wholly. So it's, it's a catch 22. You have to work less so that you can still continue to work more. It's, it's, it's actually exactly that because in, in the same way, the more stress we feel, the more stress we feel. Right. It's a stress response. It's a, it's biology, it's evolution. So the more our body feels stressed out, we send out hormones. So we are heightened our body gets into this weird defense mechanism. It holds on to body fat. Body fat means we're more lethargic, more likely to be depressed, need more sleep, but then we're not giving it more sleep. So, I mean, it's this whole biological thing that happens when what we really need to do is pull back on the stimulants, i.e. coffee and sugar and all those crazy energy drinks oh, yeah. and get more sleep, spend more time away from you know computers and smartphones and all those stimulating lights and have some stinking fun now and then mm-hmm. and we'll actually be more productive because let's face it is it really about how much time we spend working or what we actually accomplish yeah no I agree with that a hundred percent and that's one of the things that kind of drove me crazy back whenever I worked for someone was that I would accomplish everything that all the tasks that needed to be performed and then I would still have to stay there that kind of drove me up the wall because like you said the goal is to be the most productive that you can be you know generate the most revenue in the in a given time period and not necessarily just stay in front of that computer for eight hours or 12 hours or 16 hours. Yeah. I think that's very much old school thinking of, mm-hmm. you know, I paying him a salary. He should, it's always like, you should be there when your boss arrives, you should leave when he leaves or she or she leaves. And actually like if you have a boss, it's the least bit, you know, modern, they won't care. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I agree hundred percent. And you get your stuff done, but there's always the old school thinking that's running around because if you get everything done. Does it really matter if you get it done in the middle of the night? Right. Yeah. And, and that goes into like the remote working and people not trusting remote working because of uh, them not being there to see them, like just stand over the shoulder and see that they're actually doing the work. Uh, and if you can work in your time period, then you can possibly get things done more efficiently. Well, I mean, the thing that I've noticed since I work from home, and this is what I had the same, I I was the same when I worked, you know, in office Mm -hmm. before I told them, I am the most productive from like eight to 12 in the morning. So if I have any writing I need to do or anything really detailed, um, for those of you know this, we're recording this podcast in the afternoon because <laughs> that's when I am more social, I'm more animated, I'm more likely to be fun, and anything that is more interactive, I'm better at. But I did writing, like, you know, I had to write some stuff this morning, so that's, I know how to schedule my day, I know what I'm better at when. Mm-hmm. So knowing what your strong suit is, and also does it really matter if we recorded this at one or recorded it at seven in the morning? 
because the result's going to be the same. We're going to have a podcast. Right. But you and I got to schedule it when it's suited for both of us. But being an entrepreneur, knowing when you work best is really something everyone has to find out, but everyone has a different sweet spot. Yours might be 7 to 11 at night. Everyone's at individual times. Yeah. So that kind of goes into uh, the first one, the first way of, of implementing that, uh, that better work-life balance and that scheduling, scheduling out your, your day and, and everything. Yeah. The way I recommend people do this is if you think about what's most important in your life, and this is going to blow your mind. So everyone always says it's family, right? They always say family, they always say friends, and then they'll say themselves and they'll say their business. And then you look at last week's schedule <laughs> and it's the antithesis. It's really the business, the business, the business, family, friends, and they are last on their list. They got very little sleep. They never saw the gym. Their dog doesn't know their name, you know, all that kind of (laughs) stuff. What I recommend people do is they go to their next week's calendar and they carve out when they're going to sleep. They carve out when they're going to go to the gym. If you can, don't work on Sunday or don't work on Saturday. Just give yourself an entire day just to recharge. Or if you like to get some very light stuff done on Sunday night, that's fine. But give yourself a limit because if we have all day to do something, we're going to give ourselves, we're going to let ourselves head take all day. But if we give ourselves two hours, it will take two hours. With our schedule, have your schedule reflect what you value most and work backwards. So if you know what you need to accomplish next week and you know how many hours you're going to let yourself work, start filling it, start, you know, start dialing it in, right? Like I said this morning, I had to write. I'm doing a book proposal. I know how many hours that's going to take. And I also schedule in breaks because I know I'm not going to write for four hours straight. That's unrealistic. You know, 45 minutes on, 15 minutes off. You need to schedule in meals because let's face it, if you don't schedule in lunch, it will not happen. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to schedule in that sort of a time. And also during your schedule, schedule in when you're going to stop for the day. Because if not, we will always be working. That's a good point. When I first started, you know, my business, my husband, when we um, were first married, he worked in finance in Manhattan, mm. which is in, I don't know if you know, it's not, is a very intense industry, a very intense field. He was working 20 hours a day. It was right when Blackberries came out mm. and I didn't realize that those, that wasn't a good thing. I thought Blackberries yeah. would be cool. And he called it an electronic leash because they would have to go back if they were texting in the middle of the night. With a fight that we used to always have of me yelling at him about always working, all of a sudden he was yelling at me because I was like, I have to, I have to, I have to get mm-hmm. this done, I have to get that done. And sometimes he is right. <laughs> and I did end up, you know, after about a year of these arguments, figuring out I have to schedule when I'm working because if not, I was always working. I was working when my kids were home after school, which wasn't fair to them because they wanted me and I also wanted to be there for them. And half working, half not working, nothing was getting done well. I wasn't there for my kids. I wasn't producing the content I needed to produce. So if you are all in when you're working, meaning you turn off the Wi-Fi, which is possibly distracting to you. You turn off your incoming mail so you're not constantly getting bombarded with Williams-Sonoma emails Mm -hmm. and, you know, the latest joke from your cousin. If you turn off all distractions, so... Some people like having a TV on. I find it distracting. So if when you're working, you're laser focused, you'll get so much more done than when you're half in. Like, you know, you have the TV on. You're you know, you're checking out what's going on in your favorite web pages. So when you're when you're when your schedule reflects what you really value, what you really need to get done, you'll be so much more efficient 
because you're tr- you you know what you need to accomplish, mm-hmm. not how many hours you need to work. And it's very important you schedule in times just so you can get back to having some semblance of a life. Because when we're always stressed out, when we're likely to get sick, when we're likely to be unproductive, we're also a lot more likely to make mistakes because we're tired. We don't see you know, the errors in our purchase order or the typos in our emails because we're just kind of all over the place. Also, you need to really make sure you schedule meals because it's really easy to sit down at eight and realize it's three o'clock. <laughs> and then you're eating lunch, which you eat way too much because you're way too hungry. And then your blood sugar is all wonky. And next thing you know, you're looking for caffeine. And so yep. it's always kind of better to have that lunch set in your, your calendar. So maybe an alarm goes off. And also, if you have a routine for what you always eat during the week, let's say you work from home half the time, mm. you always eat I don't know, from the same deli or you always have the same food in your fridge. So you have to think about it. So maybe on the road, you don't eat perfectly, but when you're at home, you always eat one of three things. At least those meals, you know, are on point Yeah, because it's very easy to get sloppy on the road. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cool. So I guess that leads us in over to uh, topic number two, so prioritizing. So with prioritizing, a lot of that does go back to your calendar and your schedule of like what's most important. But when I say what's most important, I mean ourselves and not in a horrible self-centered, you know, (laughs) kind of a way but in let's just let's just boil this down for a second so if you're an entrepreneur you are your own most important resource for your company for instance if i called in sick today who could you be talking to right oh, now right right <laughs> I don't think you want to talk to some to my admin or whatever, because only I could be doing this. So if we look at ourselves as our company's most important resource, how do we maintain this resource? We maintain it by giving it water, you know, by feeding it properly, by letting it have a life, by really doing the things that nourish it, you know, not just the business development stuff and not just going to a bunch of seminars, but, you know, maybe that means we don't take the red eye. And so we take a good night sleep where we're at the first flight out the next day, or we actually stop and eat a real meal and not in our cars. It can mean a lot of things to different people, depending on your individual work. For me, what it's meant was I stopped taking red eyes because I find them to be a complete waste of time because the next day is ruined anyway. It also means that I'm very strict with my schedule during the week in which I don't schedule any clients on Fridays. I try to catch up. I try to get a lot of things done so that my weekends are mostly my own. But I had to learn these things over time. It also means that I don't necessarily take on everything that's offered to me like I used to because some things aren't good fits or some things are just too much. But you have to look at yourself as a resource for your company that no one else can do this for but you. And when we you know, go into a mini mart, get a Slim Jim and a Gatorade, that's not lunch. Right. <laughs> when we fuel our body like that time after time, year after year, we will absolutely break down. We're not going to produce very well. And also those sort of choices do add up. There is a real compound effect to that, that we don't always realize because it seems so small, right? So you ate a little badly here, or maybe you got a bad night's sleep there. But it does over time, the lack of respect we're giving ourselves does set a tone. Yeah, totally. And I like what you said about the 
the scheduling, you're, you're prioritizing your week. So my goal, and I've just recently started doing this because I have this extreme FOMO. So this fear of missing out whenever (laughs) anything networking related, um, if something comes up in town and it's business network related, there's a small group of us, I would say small, it's probably like 150 to 200 of us that do predominantly all of the networking, but every now and then something new will pop up on the Facebook events or, or our calendars and let us know that there's this new event that's going to happen this this week. And I'm like, oh man, there might be that new person there that I can go meet. And it's and for me to even say that's super weird because I'm, I'm pretty much an extreme <laughs> introvert. Like I, I don't really like going to meet people, but then it's like, I, I, had this instant FOMO of missing out on meeting new people. And so I've turned Mondays and Fridays off. So if it happens on Monday or Friday, unfortunately, I'm just not going to be able to attend the event. And then um, about six or eight months ago, I turned Wednesdays off too, so that I can interview strictly for the podcast. So basically, if you have an event on Tuesdays and Thursdays, possibly Wednesday afternoons, but I still am trying to, to say no to that too. And it's it's making a huge difference in the productivity on those Tuesdays and Thursdays because I know that I don't have a full week of doing what I need to do or want to do. I have those two days that I need to prioritize the events that are taking place on those two days. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I think professional FOMO is a real thing. (laughs) No, it is like, you know, what if everybody, what if like the, you know, the connection is going to happen there? Well, you know what? We can talk about all the, what could have, what it should have, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know, but if you need to accomplish A, B, C, and D this week, you need to prioritize A, B, C, and D. And you know, these are the hours you have to work. These are the hours you have for your family. These are the hours you have for your health. Mm-hmm. You no, know, and maybe you need to work out the FOMO thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I mean, networking is great, but I also think prioritizing your own sanity is very important <laughs> as well. Yes, very much so. Um, and with a lot of this stuff, like we don't even realize, I think it's actually very great that you know that it's your FOMO and you kind of can make fun of yourself. Right. <laughs> but when we prioritize ourselves and we realize, okay, you know, the Monday, Wednesday, so networking was just not working. Mm. Um, Wednesdays are my podcast days. Tuesday, Thursdays are my you know work days. Then at least you have some structure right. and there's no freedom in structure. But when you're doing everything every day, you're doing nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. One hundred percent. So like it and it also it's it frees you up as as weird as it sounds. So you limit yourself to two productive days. And and Mondays and Fridays are like what you said. I, I catch up on everything on those two days and anything that crazy happens over the weekend I can do on, on Monday. Um, but it it frees you up because it gives you the ability to say no. So if it doesn't fit within that schedule that you've set yourself, then you can say no without feeling guilty about saying no. Yeah. And the thing is, let's face it, given how accessible we are, given, Mm -hmm. you know, given how we can just take our computer and be anywhere on the planet, we could work 24 hours a day. With the business that I have, the air conditioning and refrigeration company that I have, we've pride, we pride ourselves on the fact that we're 100% remote. And so that's a double-edged sword. I carry basically my office around in a backpack. And so I have my MacBook and I have everything there that I need for an office. So I literally have cursed myself. So when I go to a, an airport, I can literally do work. And it's, it's great for people who think that that's, you know, you're staying 
you can be productive everywhere you're at. But what it has done is taking away from me reading the books that I want to read all the time. Because when I used to sit at an airport and read a book, now I pop out a laptop and I'm trying to be productive. But the thing is, if you think about it, when you would read that book, it would give you something for your person, for your soul, for your human being part of you, right? And if not, you probably would mess around with some emails and, you know, it kind of like the, you know, kind of like junk work, right? It's not the best. So in a way you're so much better off just reading a book for an hour. And then when whoever you're going to get decide, I'm going to work from, you know, eight to 12 on Saturday, but decide ahead of time. Because when we just, you know, it's the whole like plan to fail, fail to plan thing, but in reverse, because if we just kind of decide to work on and off all weekend, we will work on and off all weekend because there's always something to do. Yeah. There's always a class to take. There's always a website to look at. There's always some Facebook group where people are talking about the newest, whatever, you know, given how remote everything is, meaning like, you know, online and also how many people we can keep being in touch with. I mean, I one time ran a challenge group and for some reason, all these people from Australia joined it. It was this intermittent group. So I would put up stuff for my, you know, U.S. people and my Australia people. And they were always IMing me in the middle of the night, what was my night. Mm-hmm. And I get back to them. So I, mean, I could have could be, be up, you know, 24 hours a day trying to get everybody at the same time when, you know, I finally was like, I'm posting once a day. Yeah. You know, you can respond if you, and I'll go back to you. Mm-hmm. Because I, if not, I would have been constantly responding and these weren't emergencies, like <laughs> my questions, oh, yeah. but it's really easy to get yourself in this weird place mentally where you're like, well, I have to answer everyone all the time when let's be honest, I don't expect everyone to get back to me right away unless it's a doctor and I page them. Right, right. And that's usually because I'm in a hospital with a sick kid or something of that nature. But, you know, I mean, I don't expect most service providers or even people that I've hired to get back to me when they've made it clear they're on vacation, when they have a backup somewhere, mm-hmm. unless there's a true emergency and you can conf- you getting confused about what you know, your, your intermittent fasting eating window is when I have all the information posted, you just haven't bothered to read it. Right. <laughs> it's an emergency. So, Sometimes like, you know, a little bit of handholding and a little healthy boundaries never hurt. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you can limit those expectations as well. And that, that makes things a lot more productive whenever you're prioritizing things. And, and that's like we talked about beforehand, uh, on my email reminder, or I have an autoresponder set up that states something to the effect of, you know, I let, I inspect, or I check my emails twice a day. So if you have an emergency, please call the office if you need assistance before I can reply to your email, but I will reply promptly, but I only check it twice a day. In reality, I check it more than that, but it limits the expectations of those people that are sending an email, but they, they're they sitting there for the next 20 minutes watching their email inbox waiting for a reply from me. Yeah, I think that, I think I, I think it's perfect because it sets an expectation. Mm-hmm. And if they truly were having some sort of, you know, crisis, they know how to get an automatic answer. Yeah, totally. And then you're off the hook to go do whatever it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. Going into to number three, uh, the, the third way to implement the better work-life balance is is food. Can you dive into yeah, that a little absolutely. bit? Sure. It's, it's so easy in 
our world to look at food as a reward, to look at food as socializing, to look at food as tribe building, when really food is just fuel. Mm -hmm. It's just supposed to get us from lunch to dinner. It's not supposed to be our friend. It's not supposed to be (laughs) our stress relief, but it often is. Mm -hmm. So if you think about all your networking events that you only go to on Tuesday and Thursdays, there's probably some sort of appetizer oh, or yes. nitpicky. Absolutely. We're, we are also in the deep south, so it's going to be like super like filling food every time you go to an event. That's every you know three hours, and it's going to be what you should probably be eating in a full day. Exactly. So what I recommend for you is to eat before you go. I do. And that's exactly what I do too. And my wife is like, we've paid $25 to come to this meal and you haven't touched the food on your plate. I was like, I don't want to talk and eat. And I want to talk. (laughs) I always tell people, first of all, that food is not food. Mm -hmm. Second of all, you can't really talk Mm -hmm. and hold a cocktail Mm -hmm. at this. And, you know, at the same time, it's kind of very awkward. And it's better if you eat ahead of time because you always know what you're getting. If you eat the food at your house, it's normal. It's, you know, it's chicken, it's broccoli, it's whatever you eat on a regular basis. You go to these events, I mean, it's worse than during the holidays, especially, but, you know, pigs in a blanket or, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah, like cheese stick, cheese fries or whatever those things that you guys do really well <laughs> in the South. But um, my point is that at all those cocktail parties, it's, you know, it's just, it's how it's done, right? Cocktail hour equals past hors d'oeuvres. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the people that invented pigs in a blanket are bad. <laughs> I just know that a dinner of pigs in a blanket and chips and salsa is not going to cut it. Right. Especially if like in the past I've networked five days a week and if you're <laughs> eating that for five days a week, no matter what you do on a Saturday and Sunday, you're not going to recover from that. No. And also that's like high calorie malnutrition. Because you're eating a bunch of like just junk, but you're not actually getting any of your nutrients. <laughs> you're eating standing up. You're drinking almost always. So you're not having any of the like, benefits of food. You're just chowing down on processed junk. So, you know, eat ahead of time is definitely one of them. Secondly, you know, when we have a really bad day, it's so easy to, you know, just grab something from a mini mart mm-hmm. or, you know, people that first start work, first start working from home are notorious for this. They gain weight. You know, the phone's not ringing. Nope. The kitchen's right there. Next thing they, and also they don't get dressed. <laughs> 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 you know, the women wear the yoga pants, guys wear the sweats. Mm-hmm. Next thing they know, the yoga pants are tight. <laughs> you're laughing. You're like, this is home. No, because I force myself to get up and iron a shirt every day that I work from home. And it's, it's, it's so funny that it's you. A mindset <laughs> thing. It is a mindset is, thing. Yep. Next thing you know, you're eating brownies at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yep. The same way not having the Today Show on is a way you set the tone. Mm. Not eating all day is a way you set the tone because you wouldn't eat a brownie at 10 in the morning at work, hopefully. So your workplace that you used to go to is just now in your house mm-hmm. or in your garage or whatever the we workplace or whatever you're doing. So have the same kind of setup where you don't just 
eat all day and, you know, wander in the kitchen constantly because it's a very slippery slope. And also you don't want your blood sugar fluctuating that much when you're trying to work, just work, but you know, get dressed, get out of the sweatpants, get out of the yoga pants and put on some slacks. It will help you. We also use food as a way to, you know, take out clients as a way to show them a good time, right? Mm -hmm. Steakers are always the classic example. You can go to a steak place and not go off the rails. It's not that hard, but you can also go to a steak place and completely hurt yourself. (laughs) It's a matter of choices. So you can get the filet and have a side of grilled asparagus and a shrimp cocktail. Or you can have the creamed spinach and you can have <laughs> the good stuff. And a couple of um, martinis. Yeah. And it's all a matter of choices. But, you know, I guarantee you the client was either going to buy from you or not buy from you and had nothing to do with what you ordered. Right. Yeah. Don't think that you have to order tons of carbohydrates and alcohol and junk to appease the client. The client, it doesn't really care. That's, that's so funny you mentioned that because my wife, she has this um, website hack, or it's a website that hacks menus at restaurants that like national changes and some local restaurants, like people put their stuff in there. But uh, like we've gone to Chili's before and had like a 400 calorie meal that was filling and it was weird because it was all stuff on a menu. It's stuff that I would never have ordered in the past, but when I ate it and the the way they had it prepared, it was a really good meal. And she's slowly, I have a pretty small palate of taste and she's slowly expanding that. And <laughs> so she's, she's really working hard on me with asparagus and I'm really fighting against that really hard, but she, uh, she's really doing a, a great job of making sure that when we go out to eat, we're not splurging on stuff that really you shouldn't be eating. Yeah, that brings me to my next point in which when we're traveling, not every meal is special. Mm-hmm. You can't look at like it's it's an event. It's a celebration, especially if you travel a lot. Sometimes it's just lunch. Sometimes it's just dinner. Mm-hmm. There's been times where I've been in events where I'm in, in a hotel for nine days and you have to just eat normal food. Yeah, it might be in San Diego when you live in New York, but you have to just start looking at food as normal. Right. You can't be thinking, well, I'm in a restaurant, I'm going to get the pancakes with the with the this and the what that. What they're known but, for. Yeah, you know, I'm going to I'm going to ex- have all the tastes of San Diego. No, you're not. Because next thing you know, you're going to be feeling sick, unproductive, you're going to be falling asleep during the seminars and if you're there to work, why are you there wanting to taste everything? So if we can just put the focus on food as fuel, it will definitely help our productivity. It will help our waistline. And also all these little choices, they seem sometimes kind of inconsequential. It's just lunch, just a couple of pigs in a blanket here. It's just, you know, a Slim Jim there. Over time, they add up to whether or not we gain weight, whether or not we are a a candidate for type two diabetes, whether or not we're down the road to being really stressed out or high blood pressure or whatever. And unfortunately being an entrepreneur is rather stressful in the beginning, especially. So if we can really get good habits ingrained from the get go of, you know, scheduling, 
and prioritizing and having food in its proper place, imagine when your business takes off. Because you know what? It'll be a different kind of stress. You'll be turning down projects. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you're like, I would love for that problem. But you're going to be traveling more. You're going to be having more people needing things from you. You're going to be having the phone ringing off the hook. So if you never set those boundaries of, I check my email twice a day, emergencies go through the up to the um, front Office, yeah. desk or whatever, yeah. you're going to be inundated with people that expect results in 20 minutes. Yep. So if you've always had that, I check my email twice a day thing, you've never wavered from it. So you have that internal discipline and your clients have expectation that that's what's going to go on. So it's a win-win. And as an entrepreneur, it is so easy to fall into these bad traps and our health has to come first because we can't call in sick. Absolutely. And that's a great section you just said there that, that you mentioned, that, that entire area that you just talked about of setting it up uh, ahead of time. Because people that listen to this podcast know that I, I, I preach about policies and procedures when you're starting out small. So even when you're starting out small, build your policies and procedures as if you're a large company so that when the time comes to hire that person, that you're that role that you're already doing, you don't have to go in and create that role. the The role is already created. You're just part of that role. You're do, you're managing that role right now, and it's the same way that you're that you're talking about there. So you're starting. You're creating all of these policies and procedures for how you're going to eat now. Whenever you're smaller, so that when you do get larger, you you don't have to worry about now. It's time for me to figure it out. Now it's time for me to combat uh, stress eating with healthy eating and because you're already doing it, you've been doing it since before you were, you know, super duper stressed or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. It's always going to be a different kind of stress. Right. I mean, yeah. The phone isn't ringing and there's stress when the phone won't stop ringing. Mm. But also when you have a staff and there is an expectation that you are not to be disturbed <laughs> during your family time, mm -hmm. Or that you don't care how many hours their um, their butts in the seat, as long as they accomplish what they need to accomplish that week, because you yourself follow that. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to accomplish A, B, and C, and that's what we need to accomplish. And you set the tone of it's all about scheduling and prioritization. Your people are going to do the same thing. So let's practice it now before we have to scale. It's only going to get better and better. And also, wouldn't you want to work for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So if you can see that it works for you, you'll understand that it can work for other people. So you don't have to be that micromanager and you don't have to be the old school thought process of, hey, you have to be in the office for 40 hours a week if I'm going to pay you 40 hours a week or if I'm going to pay you a salary, you have to be here at 40 hours a week. Rather say, okay, these are tasks that need to be completed. If you're able to complete those, then you're done for the day. Or if you want to, you know, do X, Y, and Z as an extra bonus or, you know, whatever the case may be. But if you see yourself doing that, it's a lot easier to understand how someone else can do it as well. And I think too, what we, what just something that I've noticed is more is not always better. Yeah. You know, more time you spend on something. It, it can be really frustrating. Um, when I was writing my book, I remember like, you know, you have so many drafts and drafts and drafts and drafts. 
And then, you know, you get these editors and the first editor rips it to shreds and so you fix stuff. And the second editor rips it to shreds in a different way mm-hmm. you know, because everybody has their own opinion of all the things you need to fix. Mm-hmm. And if I got too committed to any one way of like how to express something, mm-hmm. I would have just been so devastated. But in the beginning, I just decided like my ego wasn't involved. Mm. So I had the expectation and internal kind of like boundary of, you know what, as long as my story gets out there, as long as people realize the more sugar you eat, the more sugar you want, that's Mm -hmm. all that really matters. Because I already had this, you know, internal thing of as long as my message gets out there, it's all going to be fine. Right. So in the same way, when you're setting up your business, if you know that as long as I complete these tasks, it doesn't matter how I complete them. Mm -hmm you'll be so much easier for you to go to bed at 10 o'clock yes. than for you to be like, well, somewhere someone else is working. So I should work too. That's crazy. (laughs) If you try and keep up with the Gary V mentality, you're going to exhaust yourself in a very, very short period of time. I don't know Gary V. I don't really think I necessarily want to know Gary V. Yeah. But I think the reason why Gary V is Gary V is there's only one of him. Right. And he's, he's an exception. He's an, outlier he's a one in a generation guy mm-hmm. but i do think what's really cool about gary v is when he talks about how hard he used to work at his parents wine shop mm-hmm. a very good work ethic from the time he was a little kid and i also think when he talks about when he um was he an immigrant or his parents were immigrants he, he, parents he very much doesn't have yeah, a, an, yeah. an entitlement thing going on. So I like that about him. And when he also says whenever people complain they don't have any startup money, he's like, well, sell all the junk in your house on Craigslist. So I like that part about him. He definitely has some <laughs> good little nuggets, but his work yourself till you pass out thing, I don't agree with that. I, I'm with you 100%, 100%. And anytime that, that I listen to something and I'm like, I, I start to have that almost that sense of a FOMO and like, what am I missing out because I'm not doing the same thing he's doing? Then I I remind myself, well, he's kind of a freak of nature. Like that's not normal. He's doing, he's, he's not the normal. So don't compare yourself to that. Well, but I also got to wonder like, what would his wife say? (laughs) (laughs) He's talked about that a little bit and he's, he's expressed that they have a very uh, specific relationship. They have a very special relationship and that there are times when he turns things off, like, and he separates his family from his life. And, and, um, and he's very private about that on purpose. And, and that way he doesn't bring everything together. But I do know, um, he can be very funny. And I also love how he doesn't suffer fools lightly. Completely. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of knowledge. Basically, in my opinion, simplifying something that is simple in itself, but when you combine them all together, they can become, they can feel overwhelming. But the way that you've explained this, it makes it so that us as entrepreneurs, we kind of understand the reason why they they mix together and they mesh well and the reason why one requires the other and in order to have long and and profitable work-life balance well thank you so much for having me this was fun yeah i agree well uh hopefully we'll talk again soon and uh we look forward to uh to seeing you again and and hearing feedback if there's somebody that wants to reach out to you or learn more about you what What's the, the best way for that to happen? I'm just going to my website, Aaron Wathen Wellness, all one word, and Wathen is spelled W-A-T-H-E-N. Perfect. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Service Business Mastery Podcast. If this is your first time with us, welcome. Thank you for listening. Click that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, make sure that you check out the rest of this short mini season on mental and physical health as an entrepreneur, business owner, service manager, and technician. As always, if you want to reach out to me, social media is the best way. I'm on most of the platforms at Tershblissett, that's T-E-R-S-H-B-L-I-S-S-E-T-T. Feel free to reach out to me, IM me, uh, DM, whatever. (laughs) If you found value in this episode, please leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. That feedback is super valuable to us all. With that being said, thank you for listening to another episode of the Service Business Mastery Podcast, the podcast for service business owners, managers, and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Have a great day.